What's up, guys? This is Jacques. Welcome back to Unpopular. I have a pretty epic guest on today as far as the Bravo world goes. It is Marlo Hampton from The Real Housewives of Atlanta. There might be a few audio issues throughout, so I'm just warning you in advance. We did have a few, like, tech problems, but we got through it, so don't be mad at me if it's a little bit crackly or whatever. I have to say, Marlo was so nice, both on the air and off the air. Like, we had a chat beforehand while we were just setting up all the mics and everything, and she was so sweet, very charming. I can see how she snags all of these billionaires because she knows how to sweet talk a man, that's for sure. I just really, really liked her and she was at the top of my list as far as Atlanta Housewives go that I wanted to interview because I feel like with her being a friend of the show, there's still so much that we just like don't know about her yet and I wanted to find out a little bit more about who she really is as a person beyond the pot stirring that we see on the show all the time. But before Before we get into that, let's just do a few hot topics first. Oh, by the way, thanks for the uh, great feedback with the Dr. Drew interview that I did last episode. I had so many messages about that one, and I'm really glad because he was definitely one of my personal favorite guests so far. And we got to talk about stuff that I'm really interested in personally, and I think is, you know, a little bit more substantial than the usual trash that we talk about here. Not that I don't like the trash, love the trash too, but it's good to have a balance. So I hope that I can get a few more people like that on the podcast coming up. You know, I like to have that mix. And even though I'm talking a bit about Bravo today with Marlo on and everything, I never want to be like just a Bravo podcast. So whenever I get like good feedback from you for like non-Bravo stuff, it makes me so happy. So thank you for all that. Anyway, uh, a really funny thing happened at the Real Housewives of Atlanta reunion. Kenya got in trouble for wearing a Native American headdress for Halloween, and she really got grilled for it. Like, like Andy was so fucking serious, and I was actually just laughing the whole time. He's like, so why did you wear it? And do you understand why it's wrong? And why is it wrong? Like, out of all the shit that people do on this show, like physical fights, pulling weaves, uh, false rape and drug accusations, coming for each other's children, ruining marriages. Like, I've never seen them so serious as they were over an insensitive Halloween costume. (laughs) People really need to get their priorities straight. Like, I know the costume is like a no-go. We don't wear it. I've known that since. Remember the No Doubt music video that came out like a few years ago? I feel like that was sort of one of the first times with pop culture that it was like, okay, we can't wear the headdress anymore. I mean, not that it was ever a thing in Australia, but with American culture, I know it was. Um, So obviously I know it's like, you know, we don't wear that costume anymore or whatever. Um, I don't, cultural garment, should is it, is it uh, offensive to call it a costume? Anyway, we don't wear them anymore, but like the fact that Andy literally thought that this was worse than someone getting punched in the face was hilarious. Kenya apologized, but she also tried to lie. She was like, oh, I thought it was okay because it was my heritage. And Andy's like, um, what part of your heritage is Native American? <laughs> and Kenya's like, oh, my, my great aunt was, you know, like on a reservation once uh, 40 years ago. I mean, girl, that's like Kim Zolciak saying she went on a Kentucky tour to Jamaica and now she can do blackface. Like, don't try it. Just apologize and move on. And, you know, we forget that Kenya is 50 years old because she looks so incredible. So she should have just said, 
you know what, sorry, I'm a bit older. I didn't realize that we couldn't wear this anymore because, you know, back in my day it was pretty common and a lot of people wore this outfit, so I get it now. Which she kind of did that as well because she did have a full apology ready. You know, Kenya definitely comes prepared at all times. She had a, um, she said that she talked to some Native American council leader or something and she gave a whole spiel about it. So she took ownership of that. Um, but you know what? Anything she says would be picked apart because like when she first wore it, social media were losing their minds. Like everyone was going, she's racist. She's so ignorant. So then Bravo put out a statement addressing it. And then everyone was like, why is Kenya being called out? You didn't call out the White House wives. This is racist. So basically any response you have to it, people on like Twitter will be upset. There was a uh, another funny moment when Drew and Portia tried to come for Kenya over the headdress, and Kenya straight away was like, well, Portia, your sister dressed as a Native American too, and so did you, Drew, 10 years ago at a Halloween party. Like, you could not get anything past Kenya. That's why she destroys everybody year after year at these reunions, because she will dig up every bad thing you have ever done and just, like, throw it at you like a fucking missile. Like, she is savage, and I love it. Speaking of offending people, Justin Bieber is in trouble for, like, wearing dreads. I don't know if they're even full dreads. They're kind of, like, twisty half dreads. But, like, who the fuck cares? Seriously. (laughs) What kind of psycho tells somebody how they're allowed to style their hair? I cannot imagine ever in my life telling someone that they can't wear, like, an outfit or they can't style their hair how they want to. Like, imagine thinking that you have some kind of moral authority over someone else's hair. It's so deranged and narcissistic. Like, imagine that's the one thing you choose to be outraged about during your day with, like, all the shit going on. It's like, hmm, today I'm going to be upset over Justin Bieber's hair. In Australia growing up, I actually always saw white people with dreaded hair. It was really common hairstyle here, like, back in the day. It's not so much anymore, but that's not because of, like, you know, reasons of people being offended or whatever. I think it's just gone out of style a bit. But back in the day... So many people had this hair. It was definitely associated with, like, hippie culture, like, tattooed buskers and musicians, people like that. They always styled their hair like that, uh, men and women. And that's just what Justin looks like now. He looks like a smelly, white Australian hippie. So, let him do his thing. He's an artist. He's expressing himself. I actually have this traditional shirt that I love from Indonesia that my Indonesian friend, who was literally from Indonesia, he brought it for me when he came to visit. It's like this traditional Indonesian fabric and print, and I would hit the roof if some lame came up to me and was like, can you take that shirt off? That's cultural appropriation. Like, fuck off. You know, worry about your own busted wardrobe and receding hairline. Not what I'm wearing or how I'm doing my hair. Anyway, Atlanta is the only housewife show that I'm actually watching at the moment. I stopped Dallas. It was unbearable. And I stopped Jersey the other week. I think I've told you they're just so boring. I can't deal with them. Uh, and, you know, it feels so good to stop watching these shows too, because I've kind of like been chained to them out of habit. So, getting off that merry-go-round is just a nice feeling. It's kind of like leaving a bad relationship. Are you guys watching Below Deck Sailing Yacht? 
That is a good one. That's one you should definitely be tuning in for. There's this Brazilian stewardess, Danny, right? She's 32 and she's hooking up with this hot, extremely tall American guy called Jean-Luc. He's 24. Well, now she's pregnant and we're pretty sure that it's Jean-Luc's baby and that the baby was conceived on the show. I don't think a hookup has resulted in a baby since Southern Charm season one when Thomas knocked up Catherine. And I actually interviewed Danny this week week at my day job and Bravo's publicist jumped in and would not let me ask if the baby was JL's. So that just makes me think that it definitely is. (laughs) Like, I'll tell you why. So firstly, I actually knew about this pregnancy for a while, long before Danny publicly announced it, but I could tell that they were all trying to keep it a secret, like the whole below deck crew. So I kind of decided not to say anything, and there was a candid photo of Danny floating around that, like, some fan had taken of her at work, and I didn't repost- I don't think I reposted it. No, I didn't. Um, you know, because a pregnancy is such a personal thing, and I just- I did feel a bit- weird like talking about it when they obviously like didn't want it out there yet like it's kind of crossing a line but um you know I do talk to a lot of the below deck people including Danny and not one of them will tell me if it's JL's baby they like as soon as I bring up the baby with them like you know what's the tea who's the baby daddy they will not say a word and that makes me think that it definitely is JL's baby because why else would they be so secretive like If there was no secret around the father, you just answer the question, just be like, oh no, it's, you know, my boyfriend or it's this guy I was seeing or it's my ex or whatever. Like, you wouldn't be so tight-lipped about it. So, mm, it's definitely JL's baby. And before Sailing Yacht even aired, I heard that it was going to be like one of the most explosive and shocking seasons ever and that it was going to have, you know, something was going to happen that's never happened before in Below Deck. And now we know Danny is pregnant and I'm guessing that... That's why there was all this kind of, like, chatter around the place about the season, because, hello, Danny got pregnant with JL, so kind of iconic, and again, like, Bravo PR cutting me off and not letting me ask on the record about it. I think they want to save it for the reunion. I feel like they want to have their Maury Povich moment of, like, who is the father, you know, bringing the ratings, you know, kind of epic. Or maybe Danny just feels uncomfortable about it, because, again, it is like a personal... I mean, it's a pregnancy. It's pretty serious. So, I don't know, but... If you're not watching Sailing Yacht, you definitely need to get into it because it's a lot of fun. The cast is really great. Like, I like they're all really likable, but not in a boring way, in, like, a fun way. Actually, Sydney isn't very likable. She's crazy. But you'll know what I'm talking about when you watch it. And it's getting progressively more dramatic and intense as the season goes on. So... That is a must-watch as far as Bravo goes. Summer House just wrapped up season five. That was a fun season. I don't really have that much to say about it other than that I enjoyed it and it was just an easy show to have on. Sometimes I would, like, background watch it. It's not the kind of show where I felt like I needed to be, like, glued to every moment, but it's just funny. It has a great cast. It's always got something going on. I love Hannah Burner. She makes the show with all of her bullshit drama and people hate her and they- People are like, fire Hannah, Hannah's the worst, but they would struggle for storylines and content without Hannah. Like, she's at the center of everything. She always just, she's like a storm in a teacup. I think she's so great for the show. So, you guys better appreciate Hannah Burner and what she's bringing. 
Vanderpump Rules is coming back for a new season. We finally have the official confirmation on that. Remember I said a few weeks ago that I thought it might be back because I've been trying to interview Sheena. Sheena told me that she like wanted to do it. She was good to go, but Bravo didn't approve it when I contacted Bravo. So I felt like, well, maybe the show is coming back if Bravo need to approve everyone's interviews and press. And look, here it is. I will definitely watch it. It's one of my faves. You know, all of the old people are coming back except the four that were fired. So Stassi, Kristen, Jax, and Brittany are all out. The new girl, Dana, who was kind of like the new Stassi last year, she also quit. I don't understand why she left the show unless she was fired. I can't imagine her being fired, though. So I don't know, but she's out. They haven't said anything about Charlie and Danica, but Variety reported that the new cast members will be confirmed later based on whose storylines are working out. So I guess... They just have the core people and then they're going to film a bunch of other servers and they're going to see who has stuff going on and then they'll be upgraded to a main cast member. You know, I don't know about this show. Like, I probably will stick to it until the end because, you know, it's pretty iconic and it's definitely, like, one of the better reality shows of, like, the last 10 years, if not all time, to be honest, at its peak. But it's going to sort of be like Geordie Shaw, I think. Not that I watch Geordie Shaw, but... You know, it's like one of those shows where people that watch it love it and they love the OG cast. And then over time, you know, the OG start to phase out and they bring in new people and everyone keeps watching out of habit, but it's just not the same. It's not as good. So, like, it might still be, like, decent to watch, but it's never going to be, you know, amazing and hit those peaks that it once did. But, you know, we're all going to watch it anyway. So, we will see how that goes. What else? Um... Jocelyn Hernandez was on Wendy Williams and they had some beef. This was a mess. So Jocelyn is from Love and Hip Hop. Uh, She now has this show on the Zeus streaming app called Jocelyn's Cabaret. I don't really get the concept of it, but it's like, I think she's like a madam to strippers and then they put on a strip show. I don't know if like they just put on the strip show for the show or if there's actually like a strip club where you can go and, you know, like tip them and see them. I don't really get it. But if you're on Twitter, you might have seen a viral clip from the new season where one of the strippers says she aborted her twins to come on the show and then one of the other girls goes, damn, double homicide. So that's that show. So Jocelyn was on Wendy Williams to promote it and she opened the interview picking a fight with Wendy straight off the bat. She was like, girl, you never give me props. You always put down Spanish women, you need to respect me, you need to, you know, give me my due. Like, it was so thirsty. She looked like a fucking clown. She was only picking a fight because she wanted to go viral so she could promote this flop show. And she was saying, um, I have the number one show in the country. And Wendy's like, no, you have the number one show on Zeus, <laughs> not the country. Um, Jocelyn really wanted her Omarosa moment. You know that iconic fight between Wendy and Omarosa from, like, 10 years ago? And that really put Wendy on the map. Well, put the Wendy talk show on the map. So, Jocelyn wanted some of that shine, and you know what? Wendy is such a pro, and she's such a shade assassin. Like, it's really hard to get one over her. So, she kind of just sat back and gave Jocelyn enough rope to hang herself. And then right at the end, she had this amazing quip about how she's number one and Jocelyn is number two. And it was such a KO with the way she delivered it. And Wendy's just amazing. She'll kind of, like, dance around the ring and dodge all of the jabs, and then when you're exhausted, she'll come in with the knockout right at the end. So, good for you, Wendy. We love that. And you know what? Maybe I will cave in and watch Jocelyn's stupid cabaret show now. So, her fake-ass beef clearly worked. 
I had a few other topics that I wanted to talk about. Um, I wanted to tell you how I hate the Clubhouse app. Now, I wanted to talk about Teen Mum OG, which I have a lot of thoughts randomly out of nowhere on Teen Mum because I just dived in and watched an episode the other day after not having watched it for years. Um, I wanted to talk about how much I hate Trisha Paytas. Uh, what else? Oh, the annoying celebrity media coverage around Hunter Biden. That's driving me nuts. But I think we've done enough today. So, let's just get into the interview and I will save some of those topics for next time. Um, remember to follow me on Twitter and Instagram at UnpopularJP. Make sure you're following or subscribe to the podcast too, of course. That's really important. And please share it with all your friends because that helps me grow. Word of mouth is really important because, you know, I don't have a network or anything behind me. I do everything myself on the weekend and on my lunch breaks. So yeah, if you guys can just spread the word about the show, that will just help so much. I don't need to beg you for reviews this week for once because you guys have just been amazing and I had a bunch of new glowing reviews show up and you know that I love to read my reviews. So (laughs) thank you guys for that. Everything you need to support the show is in the show notes. So just check there for anything you need. And, uh, you know, next episode, I think I've got Ryan Bailey coming on. We haven't recorded yet, but we're supposed to record this weekend. And I was on his show a few weeks ago and I know that a lot of you really enjoyed that. And I had some of his listeners come over here and they, you know, sent me a lot of nice messages. So I'm excited to have Ryan on. And there's a lot that I want to talk to him about. And I actually want to talk to him about a lot of non-Bravo stuff if I can, because, you know, he covers Bravo so much on his show. So I just want to, like, get into some other stuff with him. But, of course, we will talk about some of the Bravo tea. And I actually, I want to get into the big shot with Bethany with him. That's the new, oh, I haven't even talked about this yet, but Bethany's reality show, it's kind of like a new version of The Apprentice. I'll be honest, when she left New York, like, even though I'm a fan of her, I was thinking, mm, if she does a spin-off or something, it's just not going to work. But the trailer for this show was so good. Like, I am more excited for this show than I am for The Housewives in New York. So, I will get into that next episode. And, yeah, let's get into Atlanta's favourite friend, Marlo Hampton. Thank you, guys. Okay, guys, I have a Bravo superstar on the show today. I would say that she is the only supporting cast member on the Real Housewives franchise who is just as big as any full-time housewife. Please welcome Marlo Hampton. Hi! That was a great (laughs) intro. I love that. Just as big. (laughs) I mean, I hope you've had some champagne today because I saw you on Hollywood Unlocked last week and you were turned up. That was wild. (laughs) I know. And unfortunately, I have not. And I'm like, I've had shakes, champagne diet shakes. I'm doing some shakes to try and lose some weight. Oh, my God. Well, you don't need to. You look fabulous. How does it think? How does it feel being the Atlanta fan favorite? Because I feel like these days, everyone loves Marlo. Like you are very popular at the moment. It just feels so good to finally be loved. I've been here, what, 10 years? Mm. So I think I've always been loved, but I'm really loved now. They're showing it a little more now. It's like, hey, she's here to stay. She's not going anywhere. Oh, my (laughs) God. I know. Well, you know, I was not a Marlo fan in the beginning. And then over time, you, not, not in the beginning, I'm but you have, you. <laughs> you have really, really grown on me over time. And I think it was like 
when you got the nephews, because we saw this whole other side of you, because before we didn't get to see that. And then we got to see you more as like, I guess, like a three-dimensional person. We got to see the lighthearted side, the layered side. I mean, you must be so glad to be able to show that now. I know, right? Monty Marlo, they say, but um, I feel that my nephews have been a blessing. And I'm so glad that my fans really can actually get to see more than just my designer and my labels and realize that I'm human because, I mean, it was not easy in the beginning. People just being mean. Oh, she's just this. She date older white men. She's only about labels. It's like, hey, there's so much more to Marlo than what you're saying. It's not fair. So it's just really good. I feel that everything has its timing and this was the time for you to finally see more of Marlo. I know. I mean, you must be sick of everyone always bringing up like Marlo needs a peach, Marlo needs a peach, but seriously, you need a peach cuz I I feel Aww. like now just seeing the new side of you, it's like watching you suddenly deal with, you know, being a Monty and going from like that single girl to having this responsibility and how you balance everything. To me, that's a more compelling storyline than honestly, like pretty much anything anyone else has going on. Do you hear that, Bravo? That's more compelling than a fake relationship or a man. (laughs) No, because for years I was thinking maybe because I'm not in a full-time relationship or I'm not married. And when I got the boys, I'm like, shit, this is a full-time relationship with two damn men, two real men who we're all like trying to figure this out together, the three of us. So one thing I'm really authentic on telling my true story, I can never be the girl to bring on a fake guy or a guy and pretend. I only want to give the Hamptons me and I want to give you my reality because I am on a reality show and I just know that there's someone else out there in the world that can relate to my reality instead of me trying to fake a reality story for you I mean it doesn't get any realer than what you've been going through so come on bravo like make it happen because this is getting ridiculous now like you needed that peach like a few seasons ago I'm like what the hell is going on um So how it until existence. So um, I'm wondering, like, how did your upbringing influence how you parent your nephews? Because obviously you had a really tough upbringing. And then how has that influenced the way that, you know, you take care of your nephews? You know what, Jock? I realized I had a, um, I had a tough upbringing, like you stated. Uh, my mother was had issues with substance abuse. Uh, she was very abusive. And for years, I've always said, you know what, I don't want kids. What if I'm like my mom? Uh, I may not be a good mother. I may not have the patience. What if I'm abusive? Those were all things that haunted me because that's all I knew until I met my foster grandmother, Ari, who showed me love. But she still was a strong woman as well. But uh, to get back to your question, how it uh, reflects on my nephews, it's crazy because I'm so much like my mom, as in the strictness, like, you better not close a bedroom door in this house. You better bless your food. It's And I'm like, wow, I thought it was so much bad in my mom, but it was some good too. And it's hard trying to raise them the way I was raised back 70, you know, so many years ago to this new millennium child. But um, I thank my mom. So I really do thank my biological mom for the prayers and teaching you how to be nice to people, uh, keeping your doors open, no talking back, just being respectable, opening the door, you know, things like that. For you personally, has it changed the way that you feel about your biological mom now that you've been in the position of looking after kids? Because obviously, say it was, you know, a tough upbringing, but having the nephews come into your life, do you now see your mother in kind of maybe a different light than you did previously? 
I definitely do, as in it's definitely not an easy job because there's times where I'm in this room crying, like, Lord, am I making the right decision? Am I spoiling them too much? Do I need to make them work for this? Are they going to take it for granted? And then on top of that, we're going through a pandemic Mm. where it's like, hey, these are black young boys. Uh, These are black young boys who I hope if they ever encounter a police officer, they listen. And even if they listen, you still have to be afraid. So uh, I definitely do see her in a different light. I mean, there's still more things that she can work on, but I definitely salute her on that. And when I talk to her, I need to tell her thanks because it's not an easy job. And I mean, I'm single raising two boys and Mm. my first time raising kids. Yeah, I'm just I promise you. There's no book. I've Googled. So it's like, really, it's what works best for you and your family. Like, I'm going to tell you a little quick story. I talk so much. William is on punishment currently, right? Because he was not listening, not cleaning. So he has to wear a white button up and khakis every day. I'm like, you're going to dress up. Maybe that'll make you want to work and feel more important. Because when I dress up, I feel like I need to, you know, do something mm. more important and successful. So uh, when we go and eat, I'm always eating out. I'm going to eat steak. I'm going to eat sushi just because. I was single. That's what I do. So my friends are like, well, you're on Instagram now having sushi with your nephews. I thought he was on punishment. I'm like, he is on punishment, but this is dinner. So I'm trying to get in like, damn, do I take you know nice dinners away because that's punishment? So it's tough. But then it takes it away tough. from you. So <laughs> Yeah, I'm like, wait, we're just going to have to eat this sushi, okay? <laughs> <laughs> um, how... Like with your upbringing, how do you go from, because I know that like you went through the foster care system. How does someone go from that to being what you are now? Because now you're like, you're fabulous. You're on TV, like you've got it together. And I think people on the outside, if they just see you for the first time, they just see you come on screen and like, you know, the Chanel and everything, they would never think she came from this beginning. It's tough. And that's one thing Ty, my manager would tell you. She's like Marlo. It's so hard sometimes when I'm calling you for interviews or to get you to do things because people are judging you. She said, but once I get you with them, they love you. Mm. And like you said, it's hard because people are judging you from that little time within that hour. And not until you see, that's why I wanted to see your face. I wanted to see you and get to know you because it's it's different when people really get to know you. But it was tough. And I mean, it really hurts uh, being human that people really I'm like, hey, you guys. I'm from Southside St. Pete and the hood and the projects. This was my story God had written for me. I didn't grow up saying, oh, my God, I want to be on Royal Housewives of Atlanta. I grew up saying I want to make it out the projects. I want to eat a good meal. I want to be safe. My mom not on drugs. Me not getting bothered by any men. That's what I was growing up praying and saying. Like, I didn't want to leave school to go home. So it's just in this world, you have to be strong. And we have to stop being so quick to judge because people see me on a five inch chill in Chanel and they're thinking, oh, she's this or she has this. It's like, no, sweetheart, this could be re- replacing hugs I didn't get. This could be replacing having talks with my mom. When I go in that closet, it's my woosah time. It's champagne. I just dress up. I feel good. And I can't say sorry for it because I'm not sorry for it. That's my, it's like as if I love cars or if I love riding motorcycles. This is my, my outlet, my happy place. 
Again, yeah, and I hope that's why I want to see you full-time on the show too because, like, the audience needs to see this and we need to know more about, you know, the history as well. So, again, bravo, make it happen. Uh, did you study social work at one stage? I did, it, yep, absolutely. Wow. I graduated from the Uni- University of South Florida in Tampa at my uh, bachelor's degree. Wow. See, people would never know that. And don't you feel like it's kind of come full circle a bit with you to from – being in the foster system to studying social work and then taking on your nephews. You must be like, wow. No, but you're right. If you think <laughs> about it, it really is. So, because at, at some time I was like, that degree didn't do it to have it, you know, it didn't help me out any, but you're right. It's like, yes, it did. Read some of those books, go pull them up. And <laughs> you're here now with two minors. Was it your childhood that, was that what made you want to do the social work? Because obviously you'd been through it. So you were like, I want to give back to kids too. You know what? I'm an Aquarius and I just love people and I love trying to make everything right. And I love making you happy. I love buying you gifts. And it's something where I think I kind of have a problem, to be honest with you, because I'm such a giver and I and it just makes me feel good. And I realize people don't give me as much as I give them. And sometimes mm. it would be nice, but I give from my heart. It makes me feel good. If I would have came and met with you, I would have gave you a candle, probably a bottle of champagne. It's like, I don't know. I just want to save the world and help everyone out if I can help them. And I'm probably the one who needs a lot of help. <laughs> okay, girl. Well, if I'm ever in Atlanta, I'm stopping by to get that candle. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> you're coming by for crab legs and champagne and we're going out too. Yes. <laughs> well, you've got to show me how to meet a billionaire. Oh, <laughs> Teach Lord, me the I tricks of the trade, honey. I need to meet a second billionaire. Where are you? <laughs> <laughs> So I heard you say in an interview recently that you were neighbors with Kaya in Florida. I mean, do you have any do you have any stories of the <laughs> being neighbors I with don't Kaya? Because you know what? At the time I didn't know who she was. You know, she wasn't as big. And then when I'm I'm like, that's Kaya, my neck, my back girl. <laughs> so it really wasn't even any stories. It was as a matter of fact, when I was in college and we lived right in um Tampa off Bruce B. Downs and some new apartments. And either she lived there or she was always there upstairs from my apartment. So if she ever hears this, she's going to be like, that was that girl downstairs with that big, tall guy. I was dating the guy at the time, too. Oh. So that's just so interesting. Isn't that crazy? That is hilarious. You mean you might end up on Gag Order or her YouTube show soon? I know. She might get me and be like, that was that girl. <laughs> um, <laughs> was it Actually, hard? Actually, to- it was... Uh, at her, uh, just in case if she does hear it, uh, it was a girl named Ashley that lived above me. So I don't know if Kaya used to be over there with her. I think she dated her brother, but it was Kaya was definitely up there a lot. <laughs> okay, well, Kaya girl, if you're listening, don't drag Marlo. Okay, I know you like to come for people Please on the don't. gag order, but like, <laughs> give Marlo. And a break. I cake her. I can't beat Kaya uh, gagging and getting me, so. Oh, she's good. I mean, they need to put her on, like, a housewife show or something. That'd be. <laughs> oh, my God, yes. I don't know why she's not on the housewife show. <laughs> oh, um, so when you came on to Housewives, I think it was season four, and you had so many people like Sheree and Kim Zolciak coming for you. You were, like, thrown in the deep end. Was that hard to suddenly be in, like, all the drama? Oh, Lordy, yeah. I don't know if it was hard because I'm so used to damn drama, but it is what it is. You know, I just handled it the best I could and at the time, however I felt. I mean, you definitely made an impact. Um, So this season was crazy. That night with Bolo, was it you and Kenya? You went to bed first, right? You and Kenya were like, bye. Well, no, I was out there. 
I was oh. out there with the girls, like things that you didn't see. Like I was out there and Victoria, Porsche, everyone having fun. And it was so much you didn't see. And I had some leftover food. I think I had some fried oysters and French fries. So I heated those up and some of the girls came over trying to play around. I'm like, look, this party is not for me. Now Bolo's gone and I'm going to take my black ass into my bedroom and y'all have fun. Because <laughs> I just knew it just wasn't, first of all, it wasn't the group of girls I could trust. If I did mm-hmm. want to party, I wouldn't party with them. You know, only ones I would have party with at the time would have been Portia and definitely Candy because I know them and I know they wouldn't go and say anything. But you know, it is what it is. They partied with people they weren't friends with, and they got back. And hey, what you I mean, do around not enemies or not friends, it gets out. Well, Portia is, I mean, she's been, well, she was trying to take it to the grave. I think she's coming clean now. And I'm loving that. I feel like you've been coming for Portia lately, which I love because Kenya's the only one that ever calls Portia out. And I feel like Portia is so shady and she gets away with so much. And I, I feel like you have kind of been calling Portia out lately, um, which I love. And, you know, we just saw on Candy's YouTube channel, she just came out on her YouTube and she said that Portia was trying to sue Kenya about the whole Bolo thing. You know, Portia, uh, sorry, uh, Candy and Don Juan, like, spilled all the tea with that. And they said that Portia and Tanya were trying to sue Kenya and then they actually talked about it on the show and that it was removed Girl, can you shed some light on this? I mean, I was not there. And the only thing I can tell you, when you watch the episode, we we know we know one person for sure that knows everything that went on, that heard everything. And we know. So I just feel that's BS. Just my issue is I was really upset with Portia. I hate to keep bringing up her name. I said, I'm just tired of it. I thought she was my real friend. And my real friend would have told me, Marlo, it wasn't me. She did say that, but I had speculations that it was not true because I had a reliable source tell me it was true. So when she's telling me this, you have no idea. I'm looking at her like, damn, you're a liar. Like, you can't just say, Marlo, I fucked up. I did do it. I need you to hold me down. So at least I could have defended her. Yeah. But it's like, you looked me in my face. You lied to me. So I'm not your friend. Let's just be clear. You don't trust me like that. And it's cool. So let's stop being the fake friend thing and just own what you did. You did shit in front of someone you were, you were not friends with and you did something in front of someone you thought you were friends with. And guess what? It came right back to me. So maybe you need to choose your friends a little more wisely. Well, I think one thing I think, Oh, sorry. Did your earphone come out? Okay. That's better. Yeah. When the earphone comes out, I can't hear. Um, Okay. I was going to say one thing about you that we know is that, you are loyal. So when you are friends with someone on the show with Nini or Kenya or whoever, you like do ride for them. So obviously you would have been there for Porsche if she had told you on the down low. Absolutely. If she would have just, listen, I text Porsche off camera, off camera, like, Hey, we need to talk. Cause I know what you're saying, but this shit ain't adding up. Okay. It's not adding up. People who are definitely not, I mean, I'm not known to be liars, is even admitting to shit that you've done. You feel me? So now you're lying. And when you see the reunion this weekend, make sure you watch so you can see what I'm saying. Oh, so I, sure I cannot wait that. for that. Um, why do you think it is that Porsche is so determined to keep the Bolo stuff a secret? Because it's like we've seen her before on the show being open about things and not really caring, and now suddenly it's like she's 
being this prude all of a sudden, which we're not used to. It's That's like, it's strange. You know what's crazy? Doc, it's weird. Because I sat in my room because I was upset. Like, damn, why is my friend not telling me the truth what happened? And I'm like, damn, like, why are you ashamed if you like women? Like, it's we're in a day and age where it's okay to be straight, more straight, I mean, gay than straight. Yeah. So, like, mm. why would you, like, be ashamed if I was gay or like women or like both? I mean, we are in a day and time where you're like, girl, I like women. Candy owns it. I would own it. Don't you think if I like women, you would know? Yeah. I mean, God damn, you would know. She's going to be rich and she's going to be hot as fuck. And it's going to be a hot bitch. It's going to be like, damn, but two badass girls together. But I'm just weird. Like, Portia, who are you trying to, like, what are you ashamed of saying, yeah, I got freaky. I like women. I was in there. I got ate out by some girls. I know one of the girls ate her out. We didn't even talk about that, you know? So it's <laughs> so much I know. And for her to go on trying to go below the belt on me, it's like, girl, you're in there. Uh, your best friend, Shamil, said it best. Girl, you're a full-blown lesbian. I mean, well, you're bisexual. Aggressive. Just, well, she's aggressive, aggressive lesbian. She said an aggressive Candy Burris told us, baby. She, Candy Ben told us that seasons ago. Seasons ago that she was an aggressive lesbian. So it's like, girl, why? I'm confused. Like, why are you just not like, uh, Kenya, shut the fuck up. I did do it. I got my poom my poom eight. I got some such and such. I blew some. I did this. And keep it moving. You're not married. You're single. Own that shit so we can respect you more. I know. And we remember, well, Portia lied about the aggressive lesbian thing at the time too, and then that came out and turned out to be true. So, I mean, you know, it's a pattern. Um, if you pay you- attention to it, even though she has a lot of faults, Portia's just a liar. As I sit back and look, Portia lies. She gets mm. her way out of shit, and Portia's just a liar. So I'm so cool on Portia saying she's not my friend. Thank you. I'm a liar. You, you're still, you'll cheat, you'll kill. So I can't deal with a liar and a below the belt liar at that. I mean, yeah, I've been well, in this girl's house before with no cameras. Like, really, girl, you never liked me, girl. Well, as a uh, as a viewer, I've always thought that you know Portia has a problem with the truth, and I don't know how she always gets away with it. And it, it was kind of crazy because I saw that recently she did call you a clout chaser, and she said that you rode Nini's coattails. And I'm like, <laughs> hang on, Portia rode Nini's ca- coattails when she needed a friend on the show when she was <laughs> on the <part>. outs. <laughs> That part, when she was on the outs and Nini was right there with her when she didn't have a, a, a pot to piss in or a window to throw it out of, okay? <laughs> exactly. Do you think that like maybe the reason that she doesn't want the bolo stuff out is because she doesn't want it taking away from the kind of social justice image that she's putting forth this season? Because, I mean, that's obviously come into a question from, from you, from Kenya, from Candy, from the Vulture article. Like, we have seen a lot around that now. The only thing that's taken from her social justice is her being a liar. I don't think anyone who's out there knowing that Portia is fighting for social justice cares about her sex life. Yeah, exactly. As long as she's fighting for the people going to jail, standing up, who gives a damn about Portia's um, sex life? I damn sure enough don't. So that's not now. I mean, come on. We're at a day and age. We really don't care about your sex life unless you're just in this really strict town or church and they just can't accept it. But come on, Portia, you got 6 million followers. You have little girls looking up to you. You need to be real with the people and let them know, hey, I'm an aggressive lesbian. (laughs) It is what it is. Period. 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 And and I will. Your boss own it. 
Yeah, for sure. And I will say one thing as well, like her social justice has got a lot of um, spotlight this season, but we know that you did organize a PSA behind the scenes. This wasn't on camera. (laughs) Yes, I did my research. You got all the different... Yeah, you got all the different Bravo celebrities together. You did an amazing Black Lives Matter PSA. We know that Candy was making moves behind the scenes, but it's like the viewers don't understand that, you know, it wasn't just Portia doing things. It was like all of you guys were doing stuff too. It just wasn't a storyline. Well, I'm glad you saw that, but Bravo did play it for, they played it for a while though. I want to say at least a month, 90 days, I mean like 60 days or so on Bravo. But it was just something... But it was something I didn't have to keep posting and reminding when Portia did things. I was sitting I was sitting on the couch with my nephews. I'm like, I got to do something. And I said, Mike and William, we're going to do this together. So we sat there. I called my team. We wrote it out. And it was amazing. The boys, you saw, did you see it with the boys involved yeah. in it? I called, them. Yeah, everyone. I called the girls. I emailed every, I contacted every female from each, you know, uh, Real Housewives of Atlanta, yeah. from Beverly Hills to Married to the Medicine that was African-American. I'm like, hey, would you be a part of this? Some said yes, some said no. But I reached out to everyone. I didn't care if I didn't like them. Kenya and I wasn't talking at the time. We were not friends. And I still reached out to her, but she said she couldn't do it at the time. But I didn't care because I just wanted, it was about making an impact and a movement. Yeah, well, obviously it's, you know, it's bigger than any petty drama, like, to come together for Absolutely. that cause. So. That so with the season now, okay, I want to talk about just some of the new people on the show because it's been a really fun season. What is going on with Drew? Because I liked her at first and now I'm like, wait, is this real? Is this contrived? She- She's so theatrical. Like, what the hell? <laughs> you know what? I think anyone who's in acting, you go 50-50 with them. Because I will say, I love Drew. She seems sweet. But sometimes I'm like, are you acting right now? Are you telling the truth? They can't. Then Kenya said the girl was singing. So you do go back and forth. And I don't know, is it because we know her as an actress? But it's it's like, I don't know. Because it's like, I didn't care about the, uh, the what was the man, the prophet. And oh, that was a rage. Recording. That was a rage. That was just, I was like, Lord have mercy. Yeah, I felt bad for her. She was trying to have a moment. You know, she's obviously watched the show before and she thought that was that was going to be a moment and it wasn't it. Uh, yeah. Okay, how, <laughs> how about Toya? You need to be on the show. Why yes. Why don't you go here and come be on the show? Because you have all the reads, low-key job. You said that was a reach and it was not it. <laughs> so I love Toya and I think that Toya's like a mini Kenya, like, don't you think? <laughs> Absolutely. And she's the three of us are Aquarius. I see Toya even being me when I first came on. You remember I had no Mm. filter. I would just say anything. Yes. I I would call you I called you the new dream team, Toya (laughs) Marlo and Kenya on Twitter. It's like this is the new dream team. I love these girls. Well one thing about it, we're gonna say whatever is on our damn mind. You know that. Yeah, I think I think Toya's really great on the show. And, you know, at first I thought, I'm like, okay, Toya's, like, putting this on. But then I watched some interviews with her and I'm like, oh, wait, I think that's really Toya. Like, that seems to be yeah. the real Toya. Yeah, she, yeah Toya's batshit crazy. I love her. She did amazing on the show. She's wow. But, hey, these girls need it a little bit. They need someone to put some fire under their ass. Yeah, it's it's really good. Um, how are you with Nene? Are you and Nene still cool? Uh, as a matter of fact, I just texted Nini yesterday because um, I don't know if you saw it or not. Her aunt passed. 
Oh, so, and she was sad. super close with her aunt. Yeah, she was like 94, I want to say. And she was super close with her aunt. And I know how that is because I just yeah. lost my grandmother a couple of years ago. So, yeah, I just reached out to her. And, um, oh, yeah. yeah, that's nice that you two are still cl- I wasn't sure if – I thought maybe she would – I don't know. I thought maybe she would have given you the flick when you stayed on Bravo. So, it's nice that you two, <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I thought I she'd mean, be like, I, loyalty. I missed her. Yeah, but I mean, I don't think I hope that she don't want me to put my job now. Yeah, we all got to make a job. living. We got to make a living. I'm gonna always be. I will still always be loyal to her, love her, and not let them talk bad about her. But no, I have yes. to still work now. Get my check. She taught me yes. that. I got to get my coin. <laughs> Do you know if she's moving over to the Zeus Network? That's the that's the word on the street. I heard that. Zeus. When I talk, when I talk to her, I'm gonna ask her because I definitely did hear that. I'm gonna ask her. Yes, get that tea for me. Um, yeah, get that tea. Yes, and speaking of tea, is Sheree is Sheree coming back next season? That's the word. That's the rumor on social media that we're going to see Sheree back again. I've been hearing Sheree. I've been hearing Phaedra. Um, any of them would be good. Phaedra, Kim, Nini. I hope Nini comes back too. Any of them would be good. I think to shake these girls up a little. Yeah, well, I mean, I love the OGs. I don't know if Kim can come back. I feel like. You know, last time we saw that there were, like, it, it kind of came up issues, like race issues, having a white woman on the cast. And I, I don't know. I just don't know if it would work again, like, especially in the climate, you know. So, um, uh, yeah, I don't know. I just, I don't know if that will work. But I think Kim's day. Yeah, but- no way. No way. You're right. It probably won't work. <laughs> You're probably and- right. <laughs> um, okay. Who, uh, who's the hardest housewife to go up against in an argument? The hardest wife to go up against in an argument. Mm, 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 mm. That would probably be Kenya. Yeah, you know Kenya's Kenya pretty can read. Oh, yeah. yeah. Kenya's savvy. She's good with the words. She knows every damn word you never in your life that heard of. Kenya's going to read you for filth, and she can go from classy all the way below the belt. <laughs> I feel like Cynthia is a bit of a secret assassin, too, but she doesn't bring it out. Like, she has the nice image, but I feel like if she wants to get someone, you know, all the way together, she can, but she kind of keeps it, she keeps it in. So who was your least favorite housewife to work with over the years? Cause you've like, you've worked with them all pretty much. Yeah. Who was the least favorite to work with over the years? Golly, I didn't have a least favorite. I liked them all. Even when I was fussing and fighting with them. Because I still just had love for them. I didn't have a least favorite, to be honest with you. Only time I get mad at these girls is when they're fake or if they don't really tell the truth or if they're not giving their all when that's what I feel we are here to do. Like, it's not fair to our fans, to you, anyone. I, know I just it. want you to be honest and, you know, share. Be, be, just share your real life. Don't be on reality TV if you're not going to share your real life. I get so frustrated with that as a viewer now because I watch a lot of the shows and it's not just Housewives, it's a lot of reality shows, but there are definitely on the house. Yeah, and I just go, this isn't real. Like, you're not really. Yeah, like, you know, you can't be vegan for a storyline. Like, this relationship isn't real, you know. Yeah, the fake storylines, you definitely can tell them. But uh, that's it. So, um, but no one, I love them all. I feel that all the girls have been good, but just... You know, even if yeah. I'm arguing with them, it's still making good TV. So I won't say I didn't like them. <laughs> yeah. 
So how is your showroom archive going? I think it's such a great idea. And I also think it's great for the show because now in the other seasons, we can have the girls like stop by the archive and you can style them and you can, you know, like have a gossip. It just works out really well. Yes, because Kia was the first one to come by and support. Oh, yes, I saw that. That was great. And um, so that's going great, the showroom. The showroom is doing amazing. The only thing... I want to do like a soft opening, a launch. I'm still putting inventory in. I'm still getting it decorated. But I want to do a launch, but I'm just scared because of COVID. So it's like, do I do it? And we can have oh. three people come in at a time, four people. Do I do it upstairs? And then you walk. So it's like, I'm just trying to figure out how to really launch it yeah. to the world. But it's do doing you, good. Do you know when filming will start again for the next season? Now that I don't know. We usually start around June, July. So let's hopefully, hopefully we're on um, schedule. That would be amazing. Yeah. And uh, I mentioned your uh, BLM PSA earlier, but you do a lot of things behind the scenes that I think people don't even realize. So can you just share a bit about Glam It Up and Simply Giving? Oh, Glam It Up is near and dear to my heart, which you already did your research. And I truly, uh, truly, truly appreciate that. Um, when I got on Raw Housewives of Atlanta, that's when I started Glam It Up because I was like, hey, how can I be a part of the system and not give back? I'm like, hey, I'm going to use this platform not only for fussing and acting crazy, but for doing something good. Because I remember when I was in foster care, you have no idea. I remember I didn't have a key to the house. I only could go in Kmart and buy the little generic deodorant and toothpaste. And I had a greasy little jerry curl. So it's like, I want these girls to know just because you're in foster care doesn't mean that you're not beautiful. doesn't mean that you're not worthy. This is just your current situation. But you're going to make it, you're going to make it fabulous. You're going to make it what you want it to be. And it's just my heart. Like, I mean, my girls are calling me today. One may DM me, Hey, Miss Marlo, I need a nice bra. My breasts are getting big. These are things I'm going to do. And I don't have to post and tell people. Um, I've taken them to WNBA games. We always have a big, huge Christmas gathering. I always do something with them for prom. Like this year was really tough because of COVID, but I gave them gift cards Uh because I knew they wanted to at least buy things. And then um, the other one is simply giving. It's exactly that. Thanksgiving, Mother's Day. For Mother's Day, let me tell you about that. So I think I'm going to do it on the 5th. I'm going to select some mothers in the foster care system because I've realized mothers need some gifts. Since I got Micah and William, <laughs> I'm giving the foster mom some gifts. Plus, <laughs> my foster grandmother would probably be turning over her grave to know I wasn't acknowledging the women. But uh, I'm going to definitely pick some foster moms and I'm going to have them come up and probably meet me somewhere and just give them a nice gift because I feel I want them to know you are appreciated to have a, a to be an amazing person and to have a good foster parent ooh, that's just a blessing if you get a, a mother who really cares yeah that is amazing again bravo we want to see this like we have a whole other side of marlo so bravo get it together and <laughs> <laughs> what other reality Love shows it. would you do besides um atlanta is there anything else you've had your your eye like on you know like a celebrity big brother or any of those type of shows you know what i'm really open to do any of them I really would. It'd be something different. I love Beverly Hills. I want to, I have to be over there and be the water girl because they have real coins, you know. It's <laughs> 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 the lottery. Though I love just watching them just for their houses and their lifestyle. I know. Beverly Hills. It's like, oh my God, like your floor, Lisa Vanderpump. But um, I would do any of them for fun. 
Yeah, we need to get you on an Australian show. Someone's got to fly you out down here. I know. And- get somebody to fly me out there. Give me an Australian husband. Well, look, thank you so much for talking to me today. I think you're fabulous. You have been a bright spot on the show now for, like, you are one of the main reasons I'm tuning in. You and Kenya, I'm like, I always know that Marlon and Kenya are going to bring it. And just let people know where they can follow you and where they can find out more about what you're doing. Definitely on Instagram at Marlo Hampton. Uh, Twitter, I love Marlo. I think it is I love Marlo, right? My Twitter. I heart and, Marlo. Oh, I heart Marlo. Yeah. I love, yeah, I heart Marlo. You love me still, right? <laughs> but, um, and just always just know that you're going to get the rule from me anytime um, I can share something, DM me, ask me a question when I'm on live. I'm going to start working more on YouTube, though, because I feel that that's the way to my fans can really get to be in the house with me and the boys. Like right now, see how junky my room is and how I'm going to call them to come try and help me. So just to really get to see the real life, you know, of Marlo, more of the real life. That's it for this week, guys. Thanks so much for listening. You can find everything that you need in the show notes, like where to follow me, how to support the show. And I will see you on Monday with a brand new episode. Bye.